Welcome to the Soul Rollers podcast, where we discuss jiu-jitsu, life and self-mastery. Here are your hosts, Jackson Gage and William Dennis. Here we go. Welcome to episode number 37 of the Soul Rollers podcast. My name is Jackson Gage. I'm here with William Dennis, aka Turner Smiles, and uh, we're here to discuss another week of life and self-mastery with a little bit of jujitsu. So thank you for being here. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, everything's been going good. Just a quick uh, housekeeping note. We're going to start releasing each episode at the same time and day every week. So right now it's gonna be Friday mornings. Friday morning, the episode will, unless of course we record it on Friday morning. So let's do Friday afternoons for now because sometimes we record on Fridays, but we can discuss that later. We'll put out a thing on our on our story uh, of the exact time we're gonna uh, be releasing. So. Yeah, the main focus is we're dropping every Friday. Yeah, we're going to drop it every Friday and we'll let you know what time is going to be dropped. So when we figure that out, but um, also real quick, I want to give a shout out to the guys who got, uh, who got promoted over at Stronghold, which was Steve got his purple belt. I talk about Steve a lot. He was on episode 19, the Salsa Dancer. And uh, he's the guy that I trained with a shit ton, you know, on our days out of class. Um, so congratulations, Steve. And then Sonny, I put up a post about Sonny. Sonny's 50 years old. He got his purple belt and, uh, Sonny's sore, fucking always sore, man. Every he's, he's always sore, man. You know, like most of us, but then you get 50 and the soreness is even worse, you know? And, uh, he still shows up, man. He consistently shows up. He's consistently in there, you know, rolling with dudes who are everybody's younger than him you know what i mean all the way down to 30 years younger he's rolling with guys he surfs and he's fucking got his purple belt man so that's dope and that's an inspiration to anybody who thinks they're too old to keep it going um so good job sonny and then adam of course adam got his blue belt he's been super consistent and watching a bunch of mendez brothers tutorials and memorizing all that shit he's been getting a lot better so um adam good job man and uh yeah so uh the the if uh, real quick if didn't somebody get promoted that was related to your school as well uh gabe he uh he moved to san diego so i think he trains at alliance down there um but he got promoted he was a blue belt when i started and uh super awesome guy really cool guy uh very nice awesome i think he does uh, i think he's a masseuse i think he does massages um amazing guy and he moved down to uh, San Diego and he just got promoted to purple belt. So congratulations to him. Yeah. Congratulations on, on all, to all those guys. And then also just uh, a cool story was uh, that I wanted to share about that promotion was, and I may have told you, William. Yeah, I think I did tell you, but uh, so um, my professor, Mike Kusi, and then um, also professor Johnny Tama were doing the, the uh, promotions and Johnny is from Ecuador and he came here from Ecuador to do jujitsu to San Diego, of course, because it's like a fucking jujitsu city. And uh, since coming, he somehow, I don't know how he connected with Mike and Stronghold, but uh, a lot of his 
guys from Ecuador, a lot of his buddies and the people from his city and stuff, they come here and train and they've been doing it for years. And so, and they stay with Mike or they, there's a room at the stronghold. They stay at the stronghold. And uh, so for worlds this week, uh, a few guys came from Ecuador and uh, one of them was this guy, Kike Guerrero. And um, he's a competitor from Ecuador. He's a brown belt, but he started coming here like when he was a white or blue belt. And he pretty much looks at like Mike, you know, as his like American dad and shit, you know, because he came, those guys never been to America. They come just for jujitsu and it's like, boom, complete, you know, what an experience, right? Coming from a different country. And uh, so he was there for worlds and he was about to go back home to Ecuador that night. So he came into train and Johnny walked in with his freaking like, dude, when those guys walk in, like, it's like, like, you know, three or four fucking black belts from Ecuador and shit. And those guys are like, they're fucking good, man. You know, obviously they're black belts, but it's just like one of them, this big ass MMA fighter, black belt dude. And uh, then there's this other uh, professor from, from Alliance. That's Johnny's buddy from Ecuador. And, and they walked in like, why are all these guys coming in here tonight? You know? And uh, he ended up surprising that kid Kike with his black belt. And uh, that was a dope, dope moment, man, because uh yeah, man. I just, just to see that and see somebody get surprised that way, you know, and the kid gave a speech. He didn't want to give it, you know, Johnny was like, okay, talk. And he was like, no, no. And he's like, no, go ahead. They'll, they'll understand you. Go ahead. And he started talking, man, really heartfelt speech. And, uh, you know, there was tears and all that. It was dope, man. Really powerful moment to see, you know, somebody so dedicated to something and then to be awarded, you know, to get to that point where you've worked work like that and to be part of that so it was cool man so anyhow i thought that was a cool story that night it was yeah. a cool, it was a cool surprise nobody knew that was going to happen you know so it was dope that's awesome man i wonder what that's like you know to you know because really what that captures isn't exactly the belt itself but it's like how long has he been training and working so hard and striving and struggling through immense difficulty you know and, and and I don't know what the story is behind what he's done, but I'm sure it's it's wonderful. And to see that moment, you know, come together, you know, it's inspiring. It's, it's exciting, you know. Yeah. Um. So that yeah, it's got to be special. What you witnessed was got to be special. It's really cool. Yeah, it was a cool moment, man. So yeah, if you guys Kike Guerrero, go go check him out. Give him a follow. Really really awesome young dude, man, who just got his black belt and and you know, is a coach in Ecuador. Now he coaches, I think he coaches at his own school, man. So, uh, yeah. And that's like, you really think about it, you know, the moments that mean the most to us that are really heartfelt have attached to them, like a lot of challenge and difficulty and like resistance, you know, how much resistance did he go through to make that moment actually heartfelt and special? Oh yeah. That's a key dude. Like, like we talk about comfort zones, you don't get that moment, that heartfelt, deeply connected, like meaningful moment without struggle. So stop seeking comfort. You don't get the, the, the heartfelt, like that, what you're experiencing, you're expressing without the challenge. So why are we so against it all the time? You know? Yeah. That's the, that's, that's the only way to get that. The only way to get those, those moments in life, you know, is, is to go through the, it's the contrast that we talk about. So, I mean, and then like on, on that level, just, I mean, I went to South America once and that was a fucking deal, bro. Like that was, so to come from South America, if you've never been here and, and to come repeatedly just to train, just to come compete, you know, that's a showing a true dedication and passion to something most definitely, 
you know so um it's cool because you know stronghold is a mid like a mid in, in san diego it's a mid-sized gym you know we have three sister gyms there's there's pretty much four gyms so there's a lot of students but you know it's a mid-level gym or whatever and uh as far as like the big name gyms and that type of shit you know and uh but johnny was saying that it's funny because those ecuadorian dudes have been coming here so much that they like when they they call it the embassy they call the stronghold the embassy and shit and like like new guys will come he said his new buddy came and like they're like this is the stronghold and he's like taking all these pictures and shit you know because in ecuador they see johnny and all these guys here so it's um it's like the fucking ecuadorian jiu-jitsu embassy you know they come through here like it's the the, the midway point so it's pretty dope pretty dope story yeah so yeah, i like that man i like that johnny tama guy a lot too i've been following him for a while now and and really watching his evolution as a, a human you know, not only as a competitor, but it seems like he's really taking uh, mindset and growth to another level. And it's, it's showing up in the way you talk about him too. So, and I know my professor is connected to him. They, they've trained together. They know each other. Well, they see, he seemed to be fond of him. Like he, you know, it kind of made him like chuckle when I mentioned him, he's like, ah, Johnny. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. they know each other well. So it's really cool to see the connections and the, the growth of jujitsu and people's lives and how it changes and how it's connected to other parts of the world everything it's so cool yeah it's a it's a re really dope network man really cool network so uh, yeah man happy to be a part of it Most yeah definitely. that's awesome man that's such a cool moment to express and share like dude that's why we grind daily you know we need to be reminded of that like the this whatever struggle you're facing in this moment it's worth it you know the meaning and the purpose of it it, it holds weight. It holds something special in the future, long-term. The, the long-term focus is the most, like, you know, even studies have shown, like, people with long-term focus on, on their goals and stuff, long-term, years out. If you can focus on an idea years away, and it won't give you the instant gratification this moment, you'll develop character and successful habits and everything to get you there, it'll change your life. It'll have the biggest impact in your life is a long-term focus. And if you think of what it takes to be a black belt in this, that's a long-term focus. That's the impact it has on you. And if you're willing to endure long-term, you're going to, you have to create healthy, you know, structured habits in your life that will get you there. You got to be able to endure the entire struggle. So you're going to naturally eat better, work, uh, work out. You're going to do all these things that'll get you to that long-term goal. And it just impacts every area of your life. And it's so worth it. It's so cool to see like the culmination of someone that actually proves that's true, you know, and witness that moment. And then we get to share it, you know, that's so cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. all right, man. One thing I wanted to get into while we're, as we, you know, move out of that last topic I was talking to was I have to, I have to mention this before we go into anything else, because it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I'd mentioned my yoga and my marijuana at night. What I do when I, when my daughters aren't here, you know, the, the, uh, kind of my little ceremony that I do. And uh, a couple people hit me up and were saying that they, you know, Hey, I'm smoking a joint. I'm going to do some yoga. And I was like, hell yeah, that that's dope, man. You know, like right on. And then I mentioned it last week, but I said, I don't want to mention names. Right. And uh, because, you know, a couple of the guys were like, I was like, no way this guy, I did. I wouldn't have had any clue, you know? And then the guy hit me up and he's like, bro, why didn't you mention my name? I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me, man. And I was like, right on, man. You know? And I was like, well, now I got to discuss this in a, now I got to discuss this on the show. <laughs> 
And, and he was like, go ahead. I don't care, man. You know, which made me even have I already respect this dude. But then I, I, the way that he hit me up, I was like, dude, this guy, I totally respect this guy, man. I totally, uh, I'm behind what he's doing and he's an awesome individual, but here, I'm going to give you a hint. <laughs> D, D hit me up and he was like, Hey, you know, Hey, I don't go ahead and share that, man. You know, which is good because I'm like, like D is a perfect example of an advocate for something like that, you know, because he's a, he's a strong Christian dude with a business. He's an entrepreneur, excellent husband, beautiful family, doing well in life. And, you know, if he wants to smoke some marijuana and do some yoga, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing, you know, and the fact that he's not scared to share that to me, especially even though it's legal and everything now, still, there's, there's a lot of stigma around that, especially, you know, in, in certain walks of life. So, and, you know, they're Lacus brand right there, man, you know, and, uh, and of course, for me, I'm a big advocate of those types of things, man, plant medicine. And so I just want to give a shout out to D for, uh, for, you know, quotations, you know, not giving an F what anyone thinks, you know, because that's, that's a, that's a huge trait of highly successful people is not caring what anyone thinks and doing what's right for you. So right on D, thanks for hitting me up, man. And that shouldn't, you know, I, I wanted to share that because it's an, ins it's, it's inspirational to see somebody else who's a successful father, you know, who's utilizing plant medicine for, for their own purposes, you know, so right on. And it surprised the shit out of me. He was the one that surprised the shit out of me. I was like, what? D? Right on, man. You know? Oh, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't doubt D at all. Like, he's very, like, in tune with, like, hey, this is what's best for me. I'm focused on this. I'm doing that. And, and like I said, he lives as an example. He doesn't live at the mercy of other people's opinions, you know? He's an example of what he believes, and he lives it. And if someone doesn't like it, then he's not the example for them. They need to go look somewhere else, you know? But uh, he always seems, you know, and I think jujitsu and maybe he could shed light on that. I think jujitsu has played a part in who he is as a person, you know, his career and what he does with his life. Like he believes in what he does. He loves it. And that's why he does it well. So yeah, I'm not surprised, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Very, very awesome. So I, yeah, I definitely had to share that. I was surprised, but, but I haven't, I haven't dealt with D on a one-to-one. -one, so, you know, I only know him through Oh, I met him the one time, but I only know him really through our communications here through um, social media, you know? So, um, but yeah, right on D, right on D, man. So anyhow, um, what else been going on, man? You, you haven't been, you got the, the babies coming, so you haven't been able to train that much, right? That's a, that's a big, heavy deal in life. The baby is coming. It's just when, you know, it's like, it's a, you know, watching what my wife's going through and the difficulty of it has been tough and very vulnerable and just, it's a lot. And my focus has slowly just been zeroed in on the baby coming and it makes it really hard to train and do everything I need to be doing. But I think that's a natural tendency to kind of want to like, you know, pull into your cave, your home and just kind of get the baby out and then keep your family safe during this very vulnerable time of birth. And so, you know, I, I told my professor like, Hey, I, I'm going to try to get as much training as I can, but it's just not going to be consistent right this moment. And it's okay. Cause I'm going to get right back to it. Once I get the baby home and settled and everything, like once the baby's here and settled and I'll get right back to my normal training. But, uh, the cool thing is, is on Saturdays, we do like some really awesome stuff. We do like an hour straight of drilling and then an hour straight of rolls. And so I get like a ton of work in, and a you know, on one day. And then I, so I've been going like three classes a week, essentially, which is not my normal amount. I do a lot more than that, but it's okay. You know, like doing more during a time of like 
you know, having a child come into the world is, is not what you need to be doing. My focus is where it needs to be. So I'm feeling good about it. Challenging, but it's good. Good, man. Yeah. Three. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're still getting three days a weekend of training too. I mean, that's, that's excellent. You know, you're still getting in there and, and plus that's gotta be, it's gotta be helping you stay. When you go to training, I'm sure it helps you to recover your sanity, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I won't speak many details into that because uh, it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, man. So any, any of us who are fathers who have been, been in that situation, man, it's no, no easy, no simple task bringing a human being into existence, you know, bringing a human being into the world, man, Yeah, you know, through another human. So it's a, it's an amazing thing for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm very blessed. I'm excited. I'm ready. Uh, my wife's ready. So we're ready. I'm excited. But one cool thing from there is, uh, when I was training last, I think it was last week, but, um, I got to chat with Ryan and it was right before we rolled. So my, I had more like focus on trying not to get my head ripped off than I was listening to him, but he did share that he would listen to some of the episodes and he was saying about goals that his focus with goals is really like making them like focusing on the smaller goals, like breaking them down to really small steps. And that's where you get the most, it's kind of like he was comparing it to jujitsu where, you know, you got to find the small wins as you're training towards the black belt. You know, you, if you see, if you can find the small wins and see the progress you're making where it's like, Hey, you just survived a little better or a little longer today. That's a win. And you can find those moments and you can find fulfillment in that, that progress. It's going to get you through the duration of the journey, the long-term journey. And I thought he was dead on accurate with that. And it's with everything I've studied and learned about life and, and goals and, and growth, it's dead on you know, connected to that. So I thought that was a cool message and I wanted to shout him out for sharing that Brian, the Brown belt. Uh, yeah. It was, right it, yeah. That, um, speaking of the goals too, is, uh, I wanted to just mention, cause you were saying like a long-term, you know, long-term goals or long-term striving or vision. And, and that's, uh, cause you were saying there was some, you've seen studies about it and whatnot, but it's also kind of a common thread amongst people who have li are living successful lives is that they have a five-year plan and a lot of time, a 10-year plan, you know, and if you're listening, you, you know, you can look in the mirror right now and ask yourself, do I have a five-year plan or, I, or am I on motherfucking rotate? Is my life on rotate? You know, is my playlist on, on fucking the same shit every day and I'll end up in the same place in five years? Or do you have a plan where my vision at the end of this five years is this, these are the steps I'm taking to get there. And uh, this is my two-year plan. This is my one-year plan. This is my fucking monthly plan. This is my weekly plan. And this is my daily plan, you know? And that's how you break down the five-year plan. And, and we all should have one if we want our life to look any different than it does right now, you know, for sure. Yeah. And it's kind of like what we were talking about, that experience you just witnessed with the black belt, like him getting promoted to black belt. You know, what did that, when he was a white belt, his first few days in training, like what was he visualizing? When I say long-term, like, I want you to visualize the future where you you are that black belt. You know, my thing is I call it the future self, you know, and I want that person, like the person that I want to be in 10 years, I want it to like pull me towards that ideal. I want to be like pulled to this better, more, you know, idyllic version of myself. Like that requires me to tap into the potential inside me and work diligently to set these small little steps of progress day in and day out, find those wins and then live towards that future self. 
you know, and I guarantee you if that, you know, and obviously he did something to the like because he made it. He's, he's a black belt now. So he did something with discipline, whatever it might be. He did something to get himself through that long-term journey. And you yeah. got to do that. So that's what I think is exciting. There's actual physical proof that that it works. You can do this. Yeah. That, that to, to piggyback off of that, um, or just to go kind of deep, deeper into that, or maybe help clarify it. Neville Goddard talks about living in the feeling of the wish fulfilled. And that's exactly what you're saying there is instead of living in the feeling of I'm wishing for that to happen, you know, something that's outside, you know, I, I'm, I'm wanting this to happen in my life. You, you start uh, developing, um, you know, I, it's almost like a skill. You have to develop it to be able to live in the feeling of the wish fulfilled create your vision and then live as though it's already fucking a reality feel as though it's already a reality. You know what I mean? Walk around as though not that it's, you're waiting for it. Cause if you walk around, like you're going to get to it, then you're walking around more in a, in a feeling of lack. But if you can walk around as though it's already a reality, it's that's, that's an abundant vibration. You know, that's the vibration that's going to make it become a reality. So, yeah. Well, and that's like, it's simple in explanation complex in application yeah it's like a quote that popped in my head the other day i was driving and i'm like wait a minute that actually that's true it's like gravity you know it's like it makes sense like yeah when we say like set long-term goals great get it some but it's like okay now apply that to your life <laughs> wait that's very complex because each one of us is so unique and complex in our own ways that it makes that very difficult to have those plans or what gets in the way of it and why we're not fulfilling our potential you know, whatever comes up for us. So, you know, when you have a representation of like an ideal that, that him getting his black belt is right in front of you, why is that heartfelt? We're all chasing the feeling of being alive, the feeling of freedom, the feeling of fulfillment, the freedom, the feeling of joy. And that's what you're talking about. That's the vibration. Like, okay, so how do I feel that? Right. There's different ways of going about that, but having a long-term focus on what you want for your life and then living into like, when I get that, what would I, if I embodied that moment, if I was actually that future self, that person I want to be, what would that feel like? What would his thoughts be like? What, what, would, what would be like an ideal day for that person? What would the experience be like? And then you have the contrast of what isn't there for you today not as a judgment because our goals can become judgments and things we beat ourselves up with, but as like, okay, I'm a little bit closer. I'm a little bit closer. Like what Ryan was saying, like, we got to set these goals that keep us going towards being pulled towards that ideal. Cause that's the ideal we want to get to. But remember, we're always in the present moment. It's not like our future, you know, everyone's trying to get to the future, but have you ever got there? It doesn't exist. It's made up. It's imaginary. And that's awesome too. It's wishful, right? That's awesome because that means we're the creators of our destiny. So here we go. Let's play the game. Just like we play jujitsu. I don't know the outcomes I'm going to get when I go there, but I'm prepared to face whatever resistance present to make me better. And then I'm willing to take the gold from those lessons and go, okay, now how do I apply it today to do even better than I did yesterday? And that's fulfilling. There's no end to that growth. Because as soon as we get that ideal future, we become that future self, we repeat the process. And now that he's a black belt, what's his goals now? 
And how different are they from when he was a white belt trying to get to black belt? It's a game. How do you want to, how do you want to play it with vibrations? Like you're talking about like happy, amazing, blessed, fulfilled, grateful, or you just want to play the like rushed, overwhelmed, frustrated, stressed, diseased, you know, how do you want to play the game? Yeah, that's, um, there's, yeah, this, that's, that's a really good topic because this is, we're talking about co-creation, you know, we're talking about creating the life that you want and, uh, we're all powerful enough to do that. And right now we're talking about the tools that get that, get, get you there. You know what I mean? And to me, there's nothing more powerful than, than co-creation, right? Um, one of the things, some people struggle with meditation and especially, yeah, there's a lot of people that, you know, maybe dudes like us, you know, got, there's some people who are like, I don't meditate or how can I meditate or what is it? For me, a lot of time, you're supposed to silence your mind and whatnot. But for me, a lot of my, if I'm going to sit and meditate, I'll meditate um, on the feeling of the wish fulfilled. So I'll meditate like William was saying, how is that? What is that guy going to say? What is he going to drive? Where is he going to live? What's he going to wear? What's he going to have in his pockets? Who are going to be his friends? You know, that, that, that guy that you're, that, that you see yourself as being that person, right? Well, I create the vision of that person repeatedly. I repeatedly create that vision. And then in my meditation and in my silent time, before I go to bed, I sit and I live into imagining that person and what he's saying and what he has and in his pockets and what he's wearing and where he's going and who he's associating with, you know, and not, not just seeing it, but actually feeling what that would feel like to be that person, you know, and that's a good way. You know, I like to focus my meditations on that. And then, like you said, the future is not something that's ever going to get here. You, you made a good point. Is the future going to, have you ever gotten there? No, you never got into the future. And, and I think I've mentioned this before, but Joseph Campbell, you know, he said, uh, he said, eternity is not some far off place. You know, it's not some place that we're going to be in forever. Eternity is, is this, this is it. This is all there is to eternity, you know, and that if you can kind of wrap your mind around that, this moment is eternity. There is no fucking future from this. This is all there is. And, and, and now that moment where we were talking will never is gone. It doesn't exist. And now we're in this moment, you know, and that's all there is. And so you take it and you create what you want with it. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, and, and that goes back to the things we always talk about is how do you get there? How do you get to that point? And you start working on the small goals of creating a very successful day, a very happy and successful day. And you do that over and over while living in the feeling of the wish fulfilled and keeping your vision at hand, you know? Yeah. So yeah, man, good topic. I love that shit. I could talk about that all day. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the game we're playing. Yeah. Whether we're aware of it or not, you know, awareness is important, but, um, and that's why I feel like jujitsu is such an amazing tool to make you aware of the most significant tools to get you there. It, It brings it all to truth and awareness and you live it. It's like, holy shit, all this is real. And you use the tool of jujitsu that, that shows you that analogy that you can compare to life that shows you the importance of these steps and these disciplines and these commitments that you make. You know, I heard this uh, quote from Peter Crone is a guy I love. And I listen to a lot, um, fully committed, um, but completely attacked, uh, detached from the outcome. So fully commitment, like full commitment to the execution and the preparation, but absolutely detached from the outcome. And you don't get to judge the outcome. He said, 
unless you did everything you could do in the preparation and the execution of the, the ideal circumstance you wanted to live into. So if you focus on the preparation, you work hard, you don't shortcut it, you give all you can to your preparation, and then you show up and you do everything you can to execute the, whether it's jujitsu competition or whatever you're going to do, you give all you can in your performance, your execution to give your best. Then you can sit with the outcome and go, okay, this is what the outcome was. This is what I did to prepare. And this is how I executed. Where can I adjust to imp and improve my performance? Because that's all that matters. The outcome is short-lived. It isn't what is most important. The growth and the continued improvement of performance is what matters. And that's what, like you apply that to your life. It works because it's so truthful. It's like, look, we're all so focused on outcomes that are external and just withdrawn from us. They don't really get us what we want, which is the feeling of that moment of execution. Like when we're really living in our best. That's all that matters. That's where we're focused. And that's where you got to go. Even with meditation, like you said, it's silencing your mind. When you're more experienced with it, you may experience a silencing of the mind, but it's a, it's a detachment from the constant thoughts. An analogy I heard one time was like trying to quiet the thoughts of the mind is like trying to get your heart not to beat. Like you, when you're trying to calm yourself down, you're trying to lower your heart rate. You're not trying to stop your heart from working. You're just trying to calm yourself. So same thing with your thoughts. Why are you so at attached to every single thought that goes through your head and you're grabbing onto them? It's like being in one of those snow globes. You shake it up and then you're trying to grab all the flakes before they hit the ground. Like that's what it's like when you're constantly attached to all your thinking and your thoughts all the time. But with meditation, it's just like sitting next, just like sitting on the ground and watching all those snowflakes just fall to the ground. And you have zero attachment to what the thought is and why you're thinking it. You just let it go. Just give your brain some time to check out and relax a little, you know? So, you know, that's one distinction that really helped me with meditation. Cause I was struggling with it. Cause I, I have a tendency to overthink and to uh, let my brain go a little wild at times, you know? Yeah. So those are huge, man. That's, I think that's so important. The things that I picked up on, I'm like, holy crap, it changes the experience because my focus is different. And if I control the focus, which is my responsibility, my life is different. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Meditation is one of those things where there's a lot of different, like meditation is like, there's no box. Me meditation has no fucking walls, you know, like um, for me, jujitsu is a meditation, you know, when I'm rolling, anything that brings me directly into the moment and clears my mind of all worthless thoughts, you know, all of my fucking worries, my worries of the future, my fucking regrets of the past, whatever, I wouldn't say regrets, I don't have many regrets, but my thoughts of the past, my worries of the future, any of that shit that's in your mind all day, when, when you, when you go and you roll, it fucking clears out, it's just like when you go into a cold shower, boom, you're focused, so those things have become, you know, meditations for me, you know, as well. Also, you know, throughout the day, since we're on the topic, you know, throughout the day, if I get a chance to get out in nature, like I'll go to the beach and, you know, take 20 minutes and just breathe, just breathe, you know, maybe do some visioning, breathe, you know, go sit in the pool or the hot tub, breathe, vision, quiet, everything, turn off my fucking phone sit in silence with myself, you know, and, and connect with God, man, connect with the universe. And that's, that's meditation to me for sure, man. Um, obviously plant medicine too. But uh, one of the things you mentioned was staying detached and um, the uh, Abraham Maslow, he talks about, um, I don't know, what was the 
fucking famous experiment that guy did maslow oh the hierarchy of needs is what he was known for yeah he uh he talks about self-actualized people people who are living their purpose and making a difference in the world is is like the highest form of human right the self-actualized human and uh that's where we're trying to get to self-actualization and he says the common denominator amongst self-actualized people is number one they're independent of the good and the bad opinions of other people and how many of us are really you know i mean i'm, I'm pretty close you know i would say but to be independent but to be completely independent of the good and bad opinions of other people that's a that's a sign of self-actualization you know the good opinions as well people giving you compliments completely independent of that I don't care if you like what I'm doing. I don't care if you don't like what I'm doing. I don't care if you think I'm sensitive to this group of people or sensitive to that group of people. I'm who I am and I'm independent of your fucked up opinion and judgment of me, right? That's a self-actualized person. The minute you feel pressure from the outside world to act a certain way or to say a certain thing, you're not there yet. Okay, that's the first one. The second one is you're completely detached from the outcome. And, and that's why I brought this point across because you were talking about detachment. So independent of people's thoughts and completely detached from the outcome. Those two things are common amongst highly uh, or self-actualized people. And uh, being completely detached from the outcome is a powerful one because then you're just doing the work because you love it and you don't care what you're going to get from it. And that's usually when the best rewards come and the best opportunities come is when we're attached to the outcome that we force things and and, you know, we make our road harder by hanging on to what we want, you know, in the, in the one more thing in the Bhagavad Gita, it talks a lot about uh, not having any thought for the fruits of your labor and your service, just putting your heart into the labor and the service, you know, and the fruit will come. But you have to be unattached and not worry about the fruit, you know, because then you're going to find yourself on a path chasing the fruit, chasing the outcome, you know, and, and you deep and you. You, you will stray from the path of, you know, love and connection and purpose, the things that you're supposed to be doing because you want to do them and you want to serve that to the world. So yeah, man, good point about detachment. Yeah. And how that's real, like to, to be able to connect that to something that's tangible for us to hold on to. Cause like I said, it's simple in explanation, but like complex in application, like to be able to apply it. And even, I think it was uh, Einstein that said like, if like you talk about it, like if you can't explain this or teach this to a five-year-old, you don't understand it enough. Um, like, so that's what applicate, that's why application is so important. Knowledge without application is useless. Like it, it's, it's, it's just wasted space. Like there's just, it's just sitting there. What are we going to do with it? You know, how do we apply it? Um, and that goes with jujitsu. So to like apply your points that you just made, like being independent of the opinion of others, like in jujitsu, you don't compare your game to other people's you're you're simply a very unique player in jujitsu and you're using them the other players to help you sharpen your uniqueness like if you get better they get better we all get better together there's no comparison and so that is like an application of like i'm not worried about their opinion of me but i take their advice and their encouragement and their their drive to push me to be better just like you said like the good players in jujitsu tell you, Hey, this is what I'm going to do so that you know how to stop it. And then I have to improve and get better to learn more. Like those are applicable, like examples of what you just said and how to use that to improve yourself. Same thing. The second thing is detachment, right? We talk about like, stop trying to win the roles. That's why you're all spazzy. 
and I was just talking about this with Irvin. He, he messaged me about us sharing that on the podcast episode. And I was telling him like, what I've been trying to do now is like using like my side control and trying to improve that. If I'm rolling with like a white belt, who's really spazzy, I'm like, okay, how can I improve this very fractionable, like small part of my game? Like, okay, I'm going to really improve my chest to chest contact. Like when I have someone in side control, like really control their, their posture better with like how I put my chest there and the pressure I'm giving, I want to improve that, you know, small little baby steps. That's what I'm trying to focus on in the role. Not, Oh, did I get the submission? I don't care if it comes, it comes, but it's detachment. Right. And what was the third thing you said? Um, the, well, the two, the, independent of the good and bad opinions of other people and then yeah. completely detached. So those are the two yeah. um, for the self-actualization. But I was taught, uh, I was talking about the Bhagavad Gita and the, yeah. Um, yeah the fruits uh, of your labors, right? The fruits of your labor. Yeah. And um, another example of that would be what you talked about in the beginning of this guy getting his black belt. Like how much work has he been putting in? And he didn't even know this was coming, but yet he was in class ready to work, showing up and boom. Fruits of his labor, show, labor showed up without him expecting it or knowing it. It was a complete surprise, like you said. That is so much more meaningful. But we don't, when we're trying to control our reality, we're trying to control our future as if we can even do it, even though we're just making it up. And we're so attached to the outcome, like, oh, this has to happen. We're not living in the moment. We're not enjoying the process at all. So when that heartfelt moment comes where we get to experience the fruits of our labor, we've been so stressed out and like jacked up we probably can't even enjoy it you know and that's where these are living examples that are available to us because of the container that jujitsu is that's how fantastic jujitsu is but it comes with a price and that price that price is sacrifice hard work discipline a lifestyle change a day-to-day -day lifestyle change that's one point you made if you take care of the days the years will take care of themselves that's something I heard on that uh, All Good Things podcast with uh, that McHugh is his last name. And then uh, Matakis, they, they talked about that, where if you take care of the days, the years will take care of themselves. That's like, just like what Ryan was saying. He's a brown belt. Obviously he's made it a certain distance in this game. He's taken care of the small wins. He's looked and focused on those going, ah, oh, I got it. I survived a little bit longer. He found the little things that made him happy that pushed him through the things that are so hard. And when you apply that to life, life is going to kick your ass, man. Having a baby is so hard. I've been so exhausted. I've been so emotional. I've been stressed. I've been all over the place. I've been tired. Like I've been struggling and you know, life is hard, man. There's darkness in life. There's tragedy. There's, you know, heartbreak. There's all these things that are dark. And if we only label them as negative or bad, and we avoid them or numb out, or we don't want to experience them, we're, we're missing out in the glory of the moment of like learning of like the light in that lesson, because the darkest moments teach us the most, just like with jujitsu, it's the hardest roles, you know, the longest, like experience of, of struggle and strife and pain in a role. And when you get out of that role, you're like, holy shit, I, I, I love myself more because I just push myself like, coach last saturday you was saying hey this class isn't open mats it's not like open rolls like where you roll if you want to take breaks and talk and then roll again that's like something we do different this is like if you're here i want you to push yourself until you you go further than you think you can like i want to tap into your potential here so you if you don't think you can do nine rolls 
I want to see you try. And it's like, when I got through nine rolls, I'm like, I can't believe I did that. This is awesome. You know? And I just did it again. And I'm like, hell yeah. What, what is possible for me? I didn't even know I could do this shit. Like don't sell yourself short. And all that potential is just sitting there waiting to be tapped into. And there's living examples inside this container of jujitsu that it proves that this works. It's true. It's real. It's untapped potential, just waiting to be put out into the world. And these people are living it. That should inspire you. That should drive you to be a better version of yourself. That should pull you towards that future self. And that the vision you're talking about, like, I, I don't know what your opinion on it, but I really, if anyone wants to do that exercise with me, I'll, I'll do it with them just so they can experience that future self experience. Uh, it seemed to be really impactful and like helpful to the people that I've done it with. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. If, if, if you're offering somebody to do that with them, fucking hit William up, man. I've done it with William and uh, you know, it's part of his whole, his whole coaching curriculum as far as like mindset stuff. And uh, it's a very powerful exercise to help you get your mind to where it needs to be to create the life that you're wanting to create. So yeah, definitely hit William up about that, man. And uh, I was going to add, you know, going into the, you're talking about how you get a really good roles. You know, those are the ones where, you know, you feel the best after sometimes, sometimes you feel like shit for a minute, you know, you're like, fuck, but, uh, <laughs> we, uh, Steve will do, well, sometimes he'll, this is, this is, um, this has become a repetitive thing, but it's like, um, a few weeks ago, we were like having open, one of our open mat kind of deals and we're rolling around shit, you know, just training and rolling and shit. And then, <laughs> then, uh, we're, we're like, you want to go, yeah, you ready to go, man. And he's like, nah, one more, let's get one more. And then we fucking roll and it turns into a fucking roll, you know, it turns into a fucking, you know, we're going at it like a motherfucker, you know, and uh, none of the other rolls we weren't, you're just rolling, you know, and then this one, we're like, we're going. And then afterward, you fucking Steve gets up, you know, fucking face all red, sweating. He's all, ah, now I felt like it was worth it coming to jujitsu, you know, <laughs> and that, that's yeah. real, man. You know, what is that? Like, yeah. why is that? Like, because it's resistance, right? Like, look at the amount of resistance you guys both face. And why do you smile? Like, why is that worth it? I think it touches us on like the deepest level, like a soulful level. Like, it's amazing. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it is. There's some kind of, there's some kind of natural science behind that. There's a reason why us as humans, why we, and human males, why we love that. But even talking about it now, I'm like, fuck, I want to go get a good role right now, you know? And uh, that's why we love it, man. That's why I love this shit. So, yeah. Well, um, it's like, you know yourself better in that moment. Like you said, it's like that flow moment where you, 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 when you have containers that are really like helping you become a better version of yourself, there's those, like, you, you lose focus on your, your, your future, your past, all those, like, like you were saying, and you're, you're very much in the moment and you're, you have a singular focus towards something and you just kind of lose like sense of time. You lose sense of focus, like self focus and your own thoughts and you're just in the moment and it really captured for me is like the other day like my uh, professor took a picture of me when I was in a role and I had my hands like you were saying you wanted to choke me when you saw it um, <laughs> it's funny when he does that it's like I'm not I didn't even know he was taking a picture I could I did he could have been running around screaming so I wouldn't have realized because I was so in the moment in the flow of just the role you know and yeah. I, I'm like wow 
Like, cause when I looked at that picture of myself, I was there doing that, but I had no clue what was going on around, me, you know? And so it's like, wow, that's kind of cool. Like I'm really in the flow. Yeah. Completely. Like, there's, the there's something special to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's whether we know it or not. Well, I know it, but whether you know it or not, it's gotta be one of the reasons that they say that it's a, it's, it's an addicting thing because you get addicted to that feeling of being alive of, of life. That's yeah. true. Like that's what that's living is feeling of being alive. Like that is truly like when we escape this conditioned, overstimulated, overwhelmed, overthinking, overdoing. And I'm reading that dopamine book, like the detox dopamine detox, this social media, instant gratification state truly for me, true aliveness, you know, regardless of the outcome of the role, because sometimes I get demolished, <laughs> you know, and like my goal when I roll with Ryan, I just don't want him to get a wrist lock. If he, I just keep him from getting a wrist lock, even though he whooped my ass at every other area, I'm like, ha ha, no wrist lock, you know? <laughs> well, he likes to wrist lock you or what? Oh, yeah. He's a brown belt, dude. He's like, I swear they're like, they're on another level of like viciousness. They're like, ah, ha ha, wrist lock sucker. Like, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> bro we had a visiting fucking there was a visiting brown belt you know this guy dude that came in and uh he was like a military guy fucking had to be a he was a big stocky motherfucker man you know and uh i'm like really like just fuck i'm on the mood this morning to do this and uh <laughs> you know and i'm rolling with them and he's just like fucking you know smashing me and fucking then he mounts me you know and uh, <laughs> i'm like damn but you're not gonna submit me bitch you could you can mount me all you want you big motherfucker you're not gonna submit me right and he couldn't all see, wins. He couldn't find, find the guy, small win. He couldn't find the submission, you know. So what does he do? Fucking wrist lock. Boom. Fucking out of nowhere. I'm like, you twat. You're gonna wrist lock. <laughs> you really gonna wrist lock a blue belt because you can't submit me, motherfucker. Come on, man. Let's do a manly submission, homie. <laughs> the sneaky ass little bullshit. Uh, the shit hurts, man. I don't no, know. It hurts like a motherfucker. Those are that's a submission that it's not. It, if you get wrist locked, it fucking hurts. You can't. You know what I mean? There's no, it's not like a choke and shit, you know, or, or like an arm bar where you can go easy on, you just get fucking wrist locked, you know? Yeah, dude, I, there's like, you gotta like have like an, and maybe it's because they've gone through so much struggle to get to Brown belt that they're like, ah, ha, ha. They, they don't, they don't have this degree of like human compassion. <laughs> like, <laughs> wrist locks suck, man. I'm like, yeah. oh no. He's like, so, don't leave that shit out there, bro. He's teaching you, man. Yeah, they, they provide a new level of resistance. Like, oh, yeah, you think you know that? All right, wrist lock. You're like, ah, oh, shit. So, hey, I hate wrist lock. So if you get a wrist lock on me, you win. I, yeah. Man, I wasn't paying attention because they usually catch you off guard with them too. So it hurts more. Yeah. And it's like, damn it. Like, yeah. I hate getting wrist locked. It makes me so mad. I get disappointed. I'm like, damn, you, you should have been paying attention. I'm hard on myself. But, uh, but yeah, it's like, those that's resistance man like how do we seek it out where do we find it and it comes in versions like brown belt to do wrist locks right yeah same thing with life i started thinking about this the other day it's like when you go to the gym and you put weight on the the bar that you're going to squat or do bench press do you ever look at the weight and like are you mad at the weight and you judge the weight? Like, why, why are you so heavy? This is so stupid. Why are you like, you know, and maybe if you're lifting a lot of weight, you do, I don't know, no. but like you're seeking that resistance out to improve who you are. You're, you're growing your muscles. You need that resistance to break them down and rebuild them stronger. Right. Yeah. So why is it that we're so like judgmental of the resistance of our past? 
like you said, you don't dwell or regret your past because you moved through some level of awareness of, hey, my past happened to me and it happened this way. This is another Peter Krohn quote. I think that guy's amazing. He's like another teacher I'm focusing on right now. Um, it happened this way and it wasn't supposed to happen any other way. You know how that's true is because it did like, it's exactly that way. And so that's awareness and then acceptance. You got to accept what happened because it was supposed to happen. And I'm not saying that that doesn't mean it didn't suck. Cause you know, there's some things that happened in my life that absolutely were terrible and it was painful and it was sad and it was, you know, difficult, but the truth is, is it was meant to happen or it wouldn't have happened. And it's like, how do we validate and acknowledge the resistance that we've come through. And that's where I'm going to do this Jordan Peterson, uh, uh, like self authoring thing. And it, it allows you, it teaches you how to write your story, like your past, your present, your future in a way that is actually pulling you towards who you really want to be and creating your reality, right. Creating your life the way you want it to be. And so I'm excited about that. And that's where I'm like my work and as a coach and a mindset person is, really coming to terms with your past and acknowledging it for the lessons it was meant to teach you and accepting it the way it happened, not the way you want it to have happened. That's what regret is overthinking. It's something that you can't change anyways. It's silly. And so really like, how can we honor the resistance that of our past? Yeah. You know, and I guarantee you in that moment where that guy got the black belt, how much honoring of his journey did he do? in that moment of revelation of like, he accomplished this goal. But I guarantee you, if you asked him, what were the key moments in this journey that really mean the most to you now that you've accomplished this? I guarantee you, he would be like, it was the moments where I almost quit, like where I thought I couldn't make it or the, the most hard, like difficult struggles I went through mean the most to me now. That's what mattered. And that's how it should be with our life and our past. And dude, I think that is huge. Like, why are we judging the resistance life gives us in a different way than we judge the resistance we seek out in jujitsu and that we seek out when we go to the gym and put weights on a bar to make ourselves better? Yeah, man. The, uh, as far as the, what you were saying about what Peter Crone said, you know, about the past, um, you know, that's a, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, it happened because it was supposed to happen, but, you know, to take it one step further, it happened because it is, it was necessary on the journey, on your specific journey here on this planet. Those things were necessary to mold you into the person that you need to become to live the purpose that, or the vision that's been placed into your heart, you know, and not all of us are going after that, you know, because of all the reasons we talk about the resistance and the, the domestication, but every single thing in, in my past, Every single thing that has happened to me that has been a struggle has made me a, a, a successful person. It's made me a stronger person, a more understanding person, a more in-depth thinking person. It's given me a bigger vision of reality, you know, a bigger vision of the world. And we, we, we have those struggles only because we place ourselves in those struggles. You know, if you look at your struggles, you know, I mean, most of the time we, we picked that, we, we chose that road that put us into that struggle, whether we liked it or not. And uh, it's gotten us to where we are and struggles never, I don't think struggles, they're going to keep coming, you know, like they're going to, whatever you want to call it, you know, they're going to, they're going to keep coming. Um, but they're here. It's just how you look at it. You know, this moment is as it should be because the entire universe is as it should be. If we struggle against this moment, we're struggling against the whole fucking universe. You know what I mean? 
And that's, uh, that's something Except when you get wrist locked, that should never be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That isn't, that's not supposed to be save your wrist lock motherfucker. Yeah. That's against all like natural laws of the universe. Like how yeah. dare you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a never ending journey of growth for sure. And, you know, and that's one thing with, with jujitsu, I, I hear a lot of guys say, and I'm, I'm just adverse to adverse, adverse to these. When I hear these things, like, I wish I would have started this when I was younger. And there, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're living right in the fucking grasp of regret. When you talk like that, you know, instead of realizing that I'm here exactly where I'm supposed to be at this moment, I jujitsu has found me exactly when it needed to find me it's doing exactly what it needs to do for me on this journey of life you know don't don't that your life wouldn't be the same if you would have found jujitsu so and so you know you wouldn't be the you weren't meant to find jujitsu 20 years ago you're meant to find it now and now it's going to help you transform your life the way that it needs to you know, you know it's there for a reason so well that that makes me want to for one give you a shout out and i haven't done it yet so i want to uh it meant a lot that you sent those books to me man um, for my kids, uh, for, for anyone that is wondering what they were, there is books like children's books written by Wayne Dyer. And the very first book I got on this journey, it was the very first or second, you and Jana both gave me books at that three feet from gold and, uh, the shift by Wayne Dyer. Uh, those are two books that really impacted my life. And there's this idea that of like circle ambulation, like, uh, and it connects to this shift book that Wayne Dyer because what that book the only thing I remember about the shift itself the entire book was good but there's one thing that stood out to me where it talked about like what happens in life is almost like a full circle like you're going to go through some difficulty and you're going to end up like coming back like a full circle to who you were but who you were in that moment won't be the same as to where you were in that moment before struggling the person you will be, the soul you are, the awareness you have will be different. And so you're going to take out of that moment more gratitude. And that impacted me so deeply because I hated who I was in the moment that you gave me that book. I hated myself to a level of like suicide. Like I wanted to die. That's how much I hated myself. And that's a very vulnerable sharing, you know, like that's so sad that I was that man in that moment. But when I came back full circle because of my openness to learn from the people around me and the books I was reading, I came back a new man, one that loved himself a little bit more, you know, and I wasn't resisting myself to the point of wanting to die. I was very open to what life was unfolding before me. And I wanted to see where this journey was going to take me. And I'm here today because of that. And so to, to kind of shout you out for those books, they meant a lot to me you know, especially in that moment in my life. And the idea of circumambulation that I learned from Chris Matakis, who's learned it from uh, Carl Jung, is this idea where it's like, we're not progressing against like a timeline that goes straight, like from the moment we're born to the moment we die, we're just on this straight line of time that we just journeyed through. It's more like we're going forward in life in this big circle. And we each time, like we're circling a drain, you know, so it's a very wide circle at first and it gets more singular and more, you know, narrow as we go forward, but we're a different person. Every time we go around that circle a little bit more, we're a different person around and we're a little bit more focused, a little bit more disciplined, a little bit more 
uh, aware of our tendencies and our shortcomings, and we're growing and growing as we move towards this ideal, that future self, right? And, and so it just brings it all home for me. And like this new baby coming into the world, that experience I have that I just expressed in that moment of wanting to die, like wanting to kill myself, you know, because I didn't have that ability to see that long-term perspective. I was stuck in that moment of immense suffering. And I didn't have the viewpoint that that book gave me to see that it's going to be okay. That in this moment of darkness, there's a light. And that light is the fact that I have the ability to grow. Even minutely, just a little bit of change took me away from wanting to kill myself. And that saved my life. So Wayne Dyer, you know, you giving me a book now, you doing it for my kiddo. It's like a huge shout out for me, man. And, uh, you know, this moment of just this baby coming is making me so emotional all week. And uh, it's just a fun thing, man. I'm so honored that we get to do this podcast, uh, that we love jujitsu so much. And it's had such an impact on my life that we got to connect in moments of my darkest. And uh, a simple book can change a life, save a life. And uh, same thing with a simple role, you know? Who knows what Steve's going through in his life? And I, I hope it's never what I'm talking about, but maybe he's having a hard day that day. And, and you just going through that really hard role with him made his whole day, you know? So yeah, yeah. you're having an impact on people every day. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that you get to impact my kiddo's life. And uh, yeah, just a yeah, man. of expressing yeah. my gratitude. No, yeah, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Um, I will, and I'll give you a, uh, I got to give you a freaking shout out too. Then I think you call it a shout out or something. I don't fucking know what I would call. I'm giving you right now. I'll give you these nuts. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah, w- William, if, for those who haven't heard this story, man, when we first met, uh, we were, we were seeing the same police therapist um, shout out Jana Price Sharps and uh, Dr. Jana Price Sharps. And uh, we were seeing her and she is kind of like a connector, like an Oracle. And she's like, she was like, Hey, you two need to meet up. It'll be good. You guys need to meet up. And so, <laughs> so I hit up William uh, or he hit up me. I think we hit each other. Who fucking knows what happened, but we're like, Hey man, let's uh, Jana says we should meet up. Let's meet at teasers or whatever. And I knew William, this isn't when we first met. This is when we first met on a spiritual level. You know what I'm saying? And uh, because I knew William from being a cop together, but we've never talked about, I never sat down with him and talked about, you know, personal growth, man, and and God and that type of shit. And uh, so I knew William to be this like high strung cop, you know, kind of in that matrix, matrix place trying to, you know, figure it out, man. And so we met. So there was a there was a book that I thought would be really beneficial to him called The Shift by Wayne Dyer. And it talks about shifting from the life domesticated life of ego into a spiritual path. And so um, I gifted him that the first day that we met up. And I must say, I've gifted people books throughout my life. Since I was a kid, I've been reading this shit, man. And and I like to, and if it's almost like a prescription, something that has helped me. And if I see a friend who may, this book may help, the alchemist may help. I, I try to give books as gifts. And I can tell you that William has immediately, when I gave him that book, it's a really deep fucking book, you know? And William took to that shit, man, like, like a wildfire, you know, like 
he's he's somebody who's really wanted to improve himself for years from a really dark place and he's put in the work to do it you know he's put in the fucking work by learning from masters you know by, by reading from these people who have mastered these things in life and studying that you know and i don't think there's any greater endeavor in life than to master ourselves you know what i mean and william's been on that freaking path and i've seen huge uh you know, you're a different, like you said, man, that circle has gone a bunch of times and you're a totally different person from when I first met you at D in, as a cop, when you were a young cop coming into the DSIS office and shit, man, you know, so good shit. And uh, so I figured, and if you guys have kids, man, I figured I wanted to send William some, uh, William's baby that's coming, some Wayne Dyer books, <laughs> but in child form, because Wayne Dyer wrote children's books as well, but it's the same message. And so that's what I sent uh, the baby. And if you have kids, you should definitely check out some of Wayne Dyer's books because the message is very powerful and you can get their mindset in the right place at a very young age by showing them these books. He's got a few books. I will get all of them and read them to your kids. And you'll probably learn something from them too. They're children's books, but we can learn from, we can learn from them as well. So yeah. good, good shit, man. On, on the path I read, on, man. I read uh, No Excuses the other day to him. So, oh, did uh, you? Yeah. Getting the wife to him, so it was awesome, man. And uh, yeah, like I said, like there's a reason that we, uh, Einstein said, if you can't teach it to a five year old, you know, then you don't know how to do it. And it's because we need we're we're at the levels of five year olds at times with our learning. You know, it's like you need to hear it put to you in like a children's book to really grasp it sometimes, right? And and it's worth it, dude. Especially when you're making your children better at the same time, be willing to get that vulnerable. And uh, yeah, man, I, I think there's something to all that experience, you know, like the thing that stood out to me when you shared that story is Jana was the connector between us taking a very different path in life, you know, um, jujitsu is a connector of people and it, it's a sacred connector that I can, I've connected with so many amazing people. And that's why we do this podcast is I want to magnify the ability that this jujitsu has to connect people. Just like we're talking about Johnny Tama and these guys that have traveled across the world to train jujitsu it's connected them with you know mike kusi and this this amazing black belt and he's changed impacted a lot of lives and those people's lives that he changed they go out and, and you know it's the ripple effect and they change lives just like my professor is changing my life and i hope to represent that change in a way that allows me to impact people in his honor just like in i went and talked at a ptsd retreat on sunday and I just shared my heart. I shared my story with these guys that are struggling and whatever they're going through in life. And I did that as a thank you to Jana because of what she's done for me and the, 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 the gift she's given me to help me through the darkest time of my life. I want to give back. I want that ripple effect to not stop with me, but to be expanded and, and grown because of that experience. And I just, I, I'm overwhelmed with emotions at, at this point in my life because of the babies coming. And I want to honor that. I want to live into it. Just like I get overwhelmed with learning in jujitsu. I get my ass kicked sometimes. I'm like, I can't take this all in. But like I said, in that, that chess experience I had the other day, it's like, oh, that's how this is chess. I get it. Like those are the moments we're, we're struggling for in life and don't give up too early and miss that because it's golden. It's life changing and it doesn't just change your life. You can use that and share that experience with someone else and it will get them on the same path and it will get them working in that circle and get them shifting and focused on something that could save their life. And so it doesn't stop with us. 
the improvements we make on ourselves and the example we can be is our contribution to give to this world. And we deserve, you know, the, our world deserves that. And if you're staying quiet and you're not working on yourself, you're not giving like you're supposed to be given. And we need to be doing that. So let's keep getting wrist locked until we figure that out. Yeah, yeah 100%, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, uh, yeah, fuck wrist locks. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, a, to me, wrist locks are like a cheap shot and shit. You know? <laughs> You're gonna but, have to come train with uh, Ryan. He'll wrist lock the out of you. Uh, I'm just gonna lay there like in a pencil fucking position, like wrist lock me. You can't. Man. <laughs> I'm not gonna do shit, but you're not gonna wrist lock me, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, there was a thought I had. Oh, you know the to jujitsu. The the network that jujitsu creates is you know there's a large majority of people who are. Most well, everybody in jujitsu is working on improving themselves because they're they're going and doing something very difficult and not getting paid for it just to do it every day, you know. Especially on like a hobbyist level, you know. I'm I'm not I'm I'm separating the hobbyist from the competitor, you know, because from the from the professional competitor because those guys are trying to get paid doing it, you know. But for the hobbyist guys, man, like us who are you know living our lives and then going in and doing this difficult shit, these are people who want to get better, you know, in life. And so to be able to be part of such a rich growth environment of people in that network is a, that's a blessing in itself. You know, like I love that about jujitsu as much as I love anything else, you know, like just the people, the amazing people that you get to connect with because you hold this common ground, you know, the amazing people you get to, uh, you know, become friends with, man, you know, people you never would have been friends with before. And uh, in itself, in the journey of life, for a lot of people, it can be a lonely motherfucker, man. You know, there's a lot of people. There's a, like Aubrey Marcus talks about it, man, how loneliness is like a huge epidemic, man. I think I've mentioned that before. You know, lonely, there's some lonely, especially now with all the um, disconnection with social media and we're not, we're not face-to-face anymore. Now you got this metaverse bullshit matrix coming and shit. And uh, to be able to be in jujitsu, you know, all of a sudden you have a really cool network of people, man. And you can make some really good friends. And uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Just that in itself for me is, is awesome. You know? So it's huge, man. Yeah. That's what this podcast is all about is shining a light on that, you know, and the, in the continuous growth that we experience through this journey, you know, I've never come on here and said, I got it all figured out. I'm just simply blown away by how much I don't know every day. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, cause just the idea, like setting up the pieces on a chessboard and seeing how they work. I still don't know how to do chess. Well, just like, I don't know how to do jujitsu. Well, it's like, oh, I'm just finding the most smallest little piece of, of information and learning how to apply it a little bit better every day and going, Oh, okay. And those are the small wins. Like we talked about with the goals, like Ryan was saying, and, and, and it, and it, everything counts. Like the work you're putting in in jujitsu, it's not like it's confined to that area of your life. Like it, the, the benefits of you being willing to struggle and learn and grow in that area, area in jujitsu, it applies to other areas of your life. Like we talk about all the time. So it's not just subject to staying in jujitsu and getting better at jujitsu. It, it applies to you learning that, Hey, like we always talk about is applying like everything's jujitsu one way or another. My wife, it's like, 
like rolls her eyes. I'm like, it is. It's just that's the view. That's the lens I view the world with. It's like, wait a minute, you know. And it helps me have a long-term focus. It helps me see that in this moment, even though it's struggle and it's hard and it's scary and it's terrifying, like the place, like what you seek most is hidden where you least want to look. That's jujitsu in a nutshell. Like, I really want a black belt, but where I go to find that, <laughs> it's the most difficult wrist lock left and right, like ass whooping journey you can get. Yeah, that's a... Uh, How ex- exciting is that? Yeah, it's... it's um As far as jujitsu in life, yeah, man, anyone listening knows that fucking... <laughs> everything yeah i mean it kind of it just makes me laugh when you say you know everything is jujitsu everything compares and it's strange that way i don't think every i don't think every thing is like every hobby people do and shit is is like that but with jujitsu god damn it it applies to everything in life it really does apply to everything in life you know like i have a i have a uh i've been learning the i've been playing the guitar for a long time you know but i'm like man i want to I was talking, actually talking to Steve about it. And I didn't know he plays the guitar, you know, a bit. So um, like, I, I want to advance my guitar skills a little bit, you know? And uh, now that I'm doing jujitsu, it just fucking, I just get it more. I get the process more now, you know, like, okay, I just got to start picking it up and and doing it regularly. And if I do that, I will, my belts will fucking, will, <laughs> will, will change and I'll, I'll get better. And, you know, it's, and I don't, you probably do this. I, I find myself comparing everything I fucking do with like a belt level and shit, you know, like, damn, I, I make some, damn, I make some good fucking coffee. It's taken me years to get this good at making coffee, you know, like the mixture I put in this motherfucker. I'm a black belt at fucking making coffee. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a blue belt. It's some other shit. Up a coffee shop, you know, yeah, you know, coffee. everything, everything you do is like on belt level. Yeah. I'm probably a, probably a purple belt. At really, what you're explaining is you're, you're willing to be a student in life. And that is what jujitsu pr- provides us. The, the truth is, is like you get better and you enjoy life more when you're a student, you're willing to learn, you're open. And, and that's what saved my life. Like I just shared, like I was gonna, like, literally I was driving on the freeway, just wanting to let go of the steering wheel. And just so that no one knew I did that. You know, how do you prove that? You know, like I, my cop brain was thinking like, ha my, you know, the, the life insurance will still have to be paid out to my family. That's how deep and dark my life was. It's like, I say it very easily now because I've healed that part of my experience. So I'm not saying that lightly. If you're in that place, reach out. I'm here. I know people that are here for you. We're all here for you if you're there. Um, so I don't want to take away and say it like jokingly, but I do want to make the point that like, there's gold here. Like there's something to be learned, you know, like, we're offering up something that is from deep personal experience. And that should be something that is caught onto. And like, let's jump on that. Um, there's something special there, you know? And I just think like, uh, what you're sharing, I think the hobbies that don't have that aspect in it, like jujitsu, it's the art, it's art. It's like this amazing creative space that unleashes all human potential. I truly believe that the more I see it like jujitsu and other arts, like, like music and painting and sculptures or whatever it is, when it becomes in the uh, hobby in the form of art in any way, there's something that unleashes like creativity and imagination and potential in humans. Art is like next level, like experience of joy. It's like your soul gets to interact with 
pure joy in, in this human experience when you participate in art. So find hobbies that are connected to art, whether it's music, whatever it is. Yeah. And in a book I would highly, highly, highly recommend. It's like my secret weapon. Now I'm going to start really digging into it deeply is the practicing mind. And it breaks down why art does that to your brain and why it'll unleashes so much potential. Yeah. It's a really good. Yeah, man. And then when you say art, I just think of, you know, cre- we, we are, we are at our base, we, we are creators, you know, so, but we live in a society that doesn't really, from the time you're little, it kind of takes away your creativity. Even in school, man, you hear it, you see it all the time, you know, like kids go to art class and they have to make all the same picture. You know what I mean? Do whatever we say. And they, kids want to get creative and they say, no, 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 do it this way. You know, and they take away your creativity. What? And if you're a teacher in art, when I was a kid, I went to art, my first art class and I, I suck at drawing. Like I get it. Like, cool. No, I'm not that good. But I was drawing, trying to draw the exercise that she was showing us. And she came around and she looked at mine. She's like, oh, you should not do art. Yeah. Yeah. See, don't and- crush a kid's spirit like that. Cause I never drew again. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not doing, I'm not drawing this lady. Yeah. And she's basing that on her perception of what you should have done when that's the wrong way to do it, you know? And, uh, any type of creativity, man, because we are creators, right? You know, and uh, anything, anything that you're being like, our, our happiness is found in, in creation, man. Like, we all have something in our heart that we want to create that we want to share, whether it's a pencil drawing or a talk on a video or a podcast or a clothing or whatever it is. Art is not just a painting. Art is when you take something from your soul that's been planted in there for one reason or another, and you don't even know why it's there, and you let it out in some form that that becomes a gift to the world. You know that that's what art is, and yeah. uh, I mean, I, I'm first and foremost. That's what I would for myself, man. Like being an artist is the freest place to be as a human, you know, and I would consider myself I'm an artist, man, you know, and like that when you can live into that into being an artist there's nothing else to change me. I'm a creator, you know, and that's where I want to be for my life. And I'm not just trying to talk about me. I'm just trying to share that as far as like, that's a really good place to be because when you're creating, you're the closest you're, you become, when you're creating, you're in alignment with whatever you want to call your power. You're in alignment with source. You're in alignment with God. You're in alignment with the universe. And that's the alignment that creates all the good things in your life. You know, yeah, that's that flow state we're talking about. How you lose sense of time, you lose. You, it's all through the the creative aspect of an experience, and it's childlike. That's what it is. When he stood up, all red faced, like, "Wow, my day's better." It's almost like we get to be childlike again. I didn't have a very good experience as a child. I, it wasn't very ch- childish. I always had to be real serious and scared and all this bullshit. But like when I watch my kids like play, it, it instills something in me like. Like, it's amazing. Like, they're so funny. They're so creative. They're so amazing. They're artists in motion. Like, we're watching art in, in front of us. And that's what's so exciting about bringing another little artist into this world. We are unique. There's, there is only one Jackson Gage out of 8 billion people on this earth. That is so unique. And what you create, just like with your music. And I told you from the very first time I heard it um, long ago, that was when we watched that fight, uh, Anderson Silva and, uh, uh, Chris, uh, what's his last name? He just Weidman? broke his leg. Uh, Weidman, they fought and he beat him. Right. Remember that? Yeah. We were at like sports bar and we watched it. And, uh, that night I heard your music for the first time 
And I was like, wow, man, it's amazing. Like I was always pumped about it. So you're an artist in many formats. So uh, check out uh, his music. You know, you got to listen to the, you got to share your music with them too. Um, oh, yeah. Well, real quick. We're childish when we're, we're, yeah. we're creating. It's, it's amazing. That's that. Moment, that real that. quick before we forget when I was in 2015, I, I, I uh, recorded a, uh, when I, right when I left the police department, I just started creating. So I, I built a recording studio and taught, kind of taught myself how to produce music. And then I took my message, this spiritual message that I like to share with the world. And I put it, I produced a whole, a whole album. And me and my brother, we performed that shit like in Fresno. We were started packing up fucking like these clubs in Fresno and shit. We were, um, we went to the Bay Area and performed, you know, it was pretty cool. So check it out. I think it's still, it should be still on like iTunes, Spotify is Mayfair District is the name, Mayfair District. And if you, yeah, check it out. You know, if you, if you, it's a good thing to just listen to the, uh, the message in there. So William seemed to have loved it. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. And that's like dance. Like that's an art too. Like Steve, you know, I know D, he dances. You saw his dancing at the wedding or uh, it was his parents' anniversary, actually. 50 year anniversary, I think. How cool is that? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I got to go the time, but uh, dude, this was a fun, man. Um, yeah. Like I said, I just want to honor you for acknowledging uh, and giving that gift, you know, of hope. Because that's what that book represented. And now we get to do it in it like that circle ambulation, right? I'm a, I'm a different man bringing into a child in this world. And, and the experience of Wayne Dyer is different for this child than the one I had, but it's one of progression and moving forward. So I just want to be great. I'm grateful for you for being at both points in my life at, of that and, and representing uh, uh, an image of hope and, and pulling me towards something better. Yeah, so. man. It's a beautiful thing. You got it. And good, good job on fucking always being a student of, of growth in life, man. And real quick, this one paragraph I want to just read before we go. It's uh, Steve, Steve, you were talking about being a kid, you know, and Steve wrote this on his purple belt thing. So I'm just going to read his little um, post that he made. All right, ready? And Steve is at Steve Plays Go on uh, Instagram. He says, white belts take note. I bought an albino credo gi and just one week later was promoted to purple belt by Johnny Tama. But seriously, first on the long list of reasons I love jujitsu is that I feel like a child every single time I train. Train jiu-jitsu to taste a cocktail of novelty, exhaustion, wonder, anxiety, challenge, humility, stress, puzzle, and on rare days like this one, triumph. Jiu-jitsu is the closest thing I've ever found to the fountain of youth, the elixir of life. For this reason, I always tell newcomers during those first nerve-wracking rolls, imagine we're just two kids in the park playing. After a while, it will not be so hard to imagine since they'll realize that's exactly what we are. So thanks, fellow kids. <laughs>